Galleon denial continues. As we are speaking, there is currently a brazen Scallion denier who said that Scallions are something I probably read about in Harry Potter. You have read Harry Potter and you do know about Scallions, so... Okay, you're right. You coaxed it out of me before we started recording that I did indeed read a few Harry Potter books in, in the fifth grade when they were new, by the way. I didn't realize they were going to be the basis of all political discourse in 2021. <laughs> but you, that you've, you've, you're just digging your hole deeper here because you said you've read books, plural. So you've yeah. read one, and knowing how terrible that was, you then read another. I was not nine and ten years old, sir, and they were very popular. You listen to shitty popular music when you were in that age. I'm sure that you now would go look back at and cringe. Oh, yeah. I, there's music I listened to last week that I'm cringing about. So. <laughs> That's just a guilty pleasure. It's a different thing when you're suffering from peer pressure as a child, you know? I was into punk rock when I was a kid. But that's All just right. the thing, like with Harry Potter. Is this you know, another one of those I fucking cleaned up my dog shit before everyone? Oh, yeah. I was fucking based out the fucking womb, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was basically, yeah. I was born wearing aviator sunglasses and fucking, uh, and camo. Now you mention it, I think, I think I was, yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. Anyway, Andrea, hi, welcome judge. to the show. Welcome to History of Homos, uh, where we're going to talk about uh, one of uh, Scotland's greatest heroes. Yeah, well, but it's not, I mean, it's, it, the, <laughs> to call him Scottish is pushing it a bit. I know he's got the lineage and all that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, I wanted to ask you, this This did come into my mind while researching. By the way, Thomas Cochran, Lord uh, er- Errol of Dundoral. Um, uh, um, I did wonder. He will wonder, not have talked like that. He will have talked like. I would like, imagine. Oh, hello. Uh, Errol Flynn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was actually going to, because I remember when we were talking about I- Ireland and specifically after the union was formed, you mentioned that there was so, so, so-called so Irish aristocracy, but it was all English people. Yeah. I mean, they're at least all talking like English okay, people yes. and act right, like English people. Enough. Yeah. So uh, that, English that's what I was wondering, because because like it's, he is one of the one of the uh, one of the the beautiful people. The beautiful people, the beautiful people of um, England or, or of Britain, we'll say. Um, so I was wondering to what extent was he Scottish? Well, I think he was actually, he was actually born in Scotland, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. But so, yeah, I mean, he's Scottish aristocracy. Uh, so, I mean, yes, Scottish, but he wasn't like eating deep fried pizza and uh, <coughs> shooting heroin. Kemp is and... now saying that only feds say scallions. Well, what? <laughs> this, well, you this, are a fed, Andrea, technically speaking. Uh, yeah, you were under um, the uh, the employ of the Fed, U.S. federal government t- to some extent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, it's okay. I we won't hold it against you. I don't care. I'm a you. subversive force uh, in, in that, that regard. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, but yeah, and I also you, you, you're, but you're so deep into into being a Fed that you you allege the existence of sea scallions. 
Yes, yes. I uh, I ordered that off of a menu, and of course, it being listed as sea scallions implies the existence of land scallions. That's yep. what needs to be investigated. Yes, just like um, the Virgin Mary implies the existence of the Chad Mary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is basically um, SpongeBob salad talk. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating i i mean like i've heard all manner of conspiracy theories whether it's you know helen keller was a conspiracy theory or birds or whatever i wouldn't go so far as to say that that she is a conspiracy theory more as than than her handler because she's clearly a a real life retarded woman obviously right but her handler was a pt barnum figure if you will in the sense that she went around and, you know, prodded the retard to stomp the number of times like a horse that, right. that she wanted to, to, you know, uh, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, gesticulate, communicate, yeah, communi- yeah. gesticulate the math problem, if you will. Who do you think? Yeah. What do you think is harder to train, an elephant or Helen Keller? Elephants are very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, an elephant's probably more likely to trample you and gore you to death with its tusks. That's true. But, well, it can uh, see you to attack you. That's yeah. That's uh, but Helen Keller probably more annoying to deal with. So I guess it's a value call. Yeah, one of them says "wah wah," the other one sprays it out of his trunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, and elephants are very food motivated with peanuts. I mean, that's that's the stereotype. I wonder what uh, Helen Keller. Well, she's retarded, so it's got to be candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a pencil, you know. Yeah. yeah. Simple. Paste. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, hang on. I was going to literally, this is a total sidebar here, but hang on. Let's see. Helen Keller, was she married? I'd be messed up. I was going to say. Dude, she's probably married no, to she some was not. UCB comic. <laughs> Jake Flores. <laughs> is that who it was? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't even think that's a real story, but it's just funny to say him. <laughs> oh, look, this the- is hysterical. Here we go. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> she was a supporter of the NAACP and an original member of the ACLU in 1933 when her book, How I Became a Socialist, <laughs> was burned by Nazi youth. She wrote an open letter to the student body of Germany condemning censorship and prejudice. Wow. The open letter just completely incomprehensible chicken scratch. Yeah, I was going to say, it just or, says yeah, wah-wah no a impact. bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I, wow. I've never really... I, Let's I just, just look know at the early life the, on her real quick. I know of the Helen Keller meme, but I'm not really familiar with her. Uh, oh, there's an entire Helen Keller career. Twitter account. You're missing out. Yeah? Yeah. Is it funny? Oh, it's hilarious <laughs> like stop to get coffee today and there's just a car crash through a wall like, <laughs> right, right, right. ready to try out my new ps5 and it's a toaster it's, yeah you know all good fun okay boy off i got a bloke in the pub <laughs> i wonder if she used to drink um, yeah well, can you imagine a lot of the like, shit Alan she Keller did was during, how could you tell i think a lot of the shit she was up to was during prohibition well, the people used to drink during Prohibition. Yeah, but she's retarded. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know, that's a bit of a stretch of the imagination to think that she's going to navigate normal life as a retarded person and also have enough sense but about maybe, her to get into a speakeasy. Maybe that's what they used to train her. 
Right. You yeah. Motivator. <laughs> yeah. Motivator. Stamp your feet the right number of times and you, you get a. <laughs> so did she write a book just by foot stamping? <laughs> yeah, it was like a binary code. She was like yeah. a computer. With a foreword by Mr. Ed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just put uh, peanut butter on her gums or whatever. <laughs> anyway, but yes, Thomas, this was your guys' topic. I uh, I did not know about this guy. Um, I'm not a big Navy buff. Um, I, uh, I, I, I kind of knew some of the, the battles he took part in sort of, and in, in, as an ancillary figure. Yeah. Um, well, he's always, it, for a few years, I've been kind of a Thomas Cochran super fan. Mm. Uh, he's one of my favorite. You are a big fan figures. of cock. And when, when we had a, 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 a sailor coming on the show, I thought that would be a perfect topic so i am i to understand you're still an employee from the uh armed forces yeah oh you're getting yeah, fired I... after this one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah they well worst news they found out i'm a stand-up comedian this week so my days are numbered yeah. um no i i owe them uh, another like till may of next year but i'm a reservist so it's really only like 20 something more days of actual uh. time in uniform but uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing my two weeks right now. So basically, got off work today, took the uniform off, and hopped online with you guys. So cool. Yeah. 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 So Thomas Cochran, tenth Earl of Dundonald, was uh, but but eighty uh, seventeen seventy five sixty five. He was born only seventeen seventy five. Seventeen seventy five. Sorry, yeah. So, of course, he was. Um, and uh, the year before, the year before it all kicked off in America, and uh, <laughs> well, it was he, kicking off. It just yeah, it was on paper in a year later. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and basically, he he was from a a clan of Scots, who uh, many of whom had served in the in the forces, uh, the British forces over the years, various campaigns and various branches of the forces, but. I think it's relatively, even at this late stage of empire, really, I mean, it's difficult to call when a late stage of it is because, I mean, this, you could, World War One was the beginning of the end of it, mm. and that was, you know, not all that far hence. What was that, 60? So I, mean, I would he say joined, it was, I, I, don't, I don't know, I wouldn't even say it was, I mean, now is the late stage of the empire, the <laughs> same empire, by the well, way. Well, yes, yes, yes. But, I <laughs> but, mean, and also, you... this is all before Cecil Rhodes and the fucking Africa shit. To it my... was before, yeah. yeah, this was a point I was getting groping towards, is that it was pretty disorganized, really, at this point. And so the the Navy was staffed, the officers of the Navy all got in there by patronage. And it was generally like younger sons, or I mean, although he wasn't a younger son because he inherited the title, but a lot, a lot of the guys who did go in the navy were sons of noble families who weren't going to inherit the title. Uh, and it was just to give them a a career, and the well, the the career path of the navy officer was to most of them went in as midshipmen, aged about thirteen. Hmm. Uh, and so a midshipman. It's kind of an officer with no authorities. He is an officer, but he goes in just to learn his trade. It's like an apprenticeship. It generally lasts about five years. 
uh, and then they the promotion from midshipman is lieutenant and then he's got some responsibilities but they did give midshipman you know the lieutenants and the captain could give a, a midshipman some pretty big responsibilities like often they were they were um, assigned to be prize captains because how the royal navy worked was basically a system of organized state piracy mm. where they would be enforcing the blockade on somewhere and they just take whatever enemy ships or ships they suspected of trading with the enemy whoever that was was at the time uh, this is also like in the runoff of all that queen anne's war shit and yeah and, it, and i i would imagine this is me speculating here but i would imagine after almost a hundred years of that privateer system that we talked yeah. about with Robbie Goodwin, by the way, coincidentally, um, that would be difficult to go from that to back to a national service kind of based, um, like yeah, organized so navy. You'd have to have the incentives in place that were there prior to get the guys to fight the same way that they did under the privateer system. Yeah, so the, the system that was operating. Which was in the early in the in even in the early Cochrane days was very lucrative for the crews. Was it's kind uh, of a theme with him later too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they <laughs> the any the ships that they took, they took, they tried not to sink the ships. They tried to capture them, and they'd send them they'd send them to a British port to be condemned, whereupon they'd be sold and the proceeds divided between the crew and the officers of the ship, which was. Oh, you know they could make a lot of money, even the even the sailors. So this was even though they had the the yes, well the English are the Jews of Europe. Yes. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> so although the the crews were to a degree pretty much slaves, uh, they you know yeah they, they were, were all offered... we talked about this too. It, it, every pretty much every sailor was literally just like. All right, boat, get in the boat. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they were yeah. press ganged yeah, into it, but a, a lot of them would voluntarily stay in for the rest of their lives because they could once make you get a taste of that it. sea life, that salt life. Yeah, <laughs> there's no <laughs> going exactly, back. Yeah. That's salt life. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were handed a pair of uh, wayfarers. <laughs> no, I was gonna say they get pair they get a pair of uh, those pit viper glasses. <laughs> <laughs> It's eye protection, yeah, eye pro. Yeah, so yeah, Cochrane was uh, a, a pretty stellar. Well, I mean, like, let's be let's be fair here to the sailors. Is it's pretty sweet life. Uh, no women. Uh, yeah. You just go into town. You get whores. You get drunk with your friends because the only way you can like consume liquid is if you're consuming alcohol. Because any yeah. water that's kept on the ship will certainly be fucked up and not un- impure. So you're just like getting wasted all day, and uh, you know this adventure. It's the- th- you you um. I've said this many, many times, but people are happiest when they're embodying Jungian archetypes. And what more of a Jungian archetype is a man who's a, who's a traveler, he's off being a sailor, finding his fortune and all that stuff. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, well, the, the sailors weren't allowed to be drunk at sea, but they did get a rum ration every day of quarter... Uh, you say the quarter of a pint? I think, no, I think it was half a pint of rum, which was extremely strong 100 proof rum uh, and they would dr- they would drink they would mix it up with the vile water vile ship's water and that that was grog and that's what they drank 
So they drank the, it. All, all of these being not drunk was only half a pint of rum a day. Yeah, yeah. Their standards for yeah, they, it's not like they're doing breathalyzers or anything like no. that. I mean, it was more, <laughs> are you functional? Okay, you're not drunk. You're good. If you start making an ass of yourself, you'll get flogged. But uh, hey, also, incidentally, the modern day Navy standard of drunkenness. So you know. Yeah, yeah. So do they still have the rum ration in the U.S. Navy? No, shockingly. Um, and it is in interesting too, like some of the other traditions that we think about, like sailors having beards, right? Yeah. Um, they they did away with that uh, on the subs in 1983. Right. Uh, just, nope, you got to start shaving now, and that and that has more to do with uh, having like their, uh, you know, firefighting equipment, like get a seal on the mask, that right. type of thing. So a, a, a beards uh, verboten throughout the fleet, or just in subs. Uh, it, yeah, throughout throughout the fleet, the subs were the last last place oh, to right. have them. You can, uh, still, except, you can still have a yeah, beard in the Royal Navy. Uh, but, well, but you they know, did, the Royal Navy, the original flavor, you know. And the the the, the, right. the rum ration lasted until sometime in the nineties, and that, the rum ration got Damn. they still had it in the nuclear submarine age, but they got rid of it in sometime in the early nineties, I think. Yeah. A lot to be said for tradition. I yeah the the other thing with uh, with the navy what they do away oh for for beards where mm -hmm. can you still find them? Obviously special operations uh, can still have them, and uh, you can we get can't. a no. I was a I had a beard when I was a <laughs> navy seal. I was a governor was a with governor. a beard. <laughs> <laughs> they got, yeah, obviously seals have got to have beards. Otherwise, uh, uh, it's like Samson, isn't it? Their, their chattishness is found in their beard. Mm, right. You can't have a bunch of virgins going into, right. you know, swimming ashore with a dagger between the teeth. Right. Of, well, it's it certainly it's it's come about more so with uh, with the war on terror because beards like. In certain Arab cultures, you can borrow money against your beard. Really, it's a status thing. Yeah, it's a status thing. So oh, they I, don't really, charge interest. No... So there's got to be some like something <laughs> at stake. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, beards are like a, a status thing with the culture that that we've been engaged with the last two decades. But uh, otherwise, it really holds no. Yeah. So what's functional it, purpose? If you welch on your, if you default on your debt, then you have to shave, and then uh, you have, that you're known to be a. A, a bad credit risk because you people can see your chin. I don't know that they've standardized practices, you know, across the yeah, board. You no. just don't want it. You don't. I don't think. I don't you, know of any successful Arab banks. You just look like a fucking business. faggot if you have no beard <laughs> in the Middle East. So yeah, it's just I like you're out. So. You're running the risk of being of people being like, look at that fucking weirdo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at that child. That woman. Why is she not wearing a hijab? Yeah, you probably get raped if you got no beard. Yeah, yeah, instant acid attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they really yeah, know how it, to run a country. The the yeah. acid just beads up and rolls off a beard. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's like personal protective safety equipment. Have to have it. I have to say, I'm a big fan of the beard, but no mustache look. That's a powerful fucking look. Yeah, I used to yeah. rock that. It's funny. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got the genetics for it. Yeah, true. Um, what's it called? Yeah, should I go with should I go with that look? I've been I've been thinking because yeah, sure. I do want to thicken up the the middle here because it's a little bit of a bear patch, pretty much making a Hitler stash impossible. That's no oh, good. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, Cochrane 
didn't become a midshipman until he was 17. Yeah, he also did something called false, or his uncle set him up to be false mustard, uh, right. which is not uh, the Walmart brand of yellow mustard. Um, oh, they, they they put him on the ship's roll when he wasn't really there. Yes, yep. at yeah. the age of five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and the way that that worked, the reason they would do that is because they could, when, when he did eventually go for a, um, a promotion when he was in the, actually in the Navy, it would be, uh, it would be like, well, this guy has fucking 20 years of service. It's, it's yeah. about time he, you know, be, is the captain of his own ship. Which is impressive. He's only 25. Like, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, co- interestingly, Cochran's, Cochran's son, Thomas. Did go to sea at five. Yeah. Well, he's, we'll he's get still, to that. We'll get to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That's another story. But, yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> he had a, he had something of a meteoric rise. Um, he served with uh, oh, Jarvis, didn't he? Uh, what was it? What was it? What was the first ship he served on? Uh, oh, he served on his own. His was it his uncle's ship? Yeah. The eighth of the sixth rate frigate HMS Hind, Sweet. commanded by his uncle, Captain Alexander Cochrane. That's right, yeah. So he, he, he served with his uncle and he ended up getting promoted. He'd been a pretty handy midshipman, so he got he got promoted reasonably quickly. Although, you know, he, he was a seventeen year old midshipman in his first year and the rest of them were thirteen, so he's probably you know, he's gonna stand out, isn't it? Because he can do stuff that the little boys can't do. And uh yeah, eventually he got assigned to Lord it, Keith's flagship as eighth lieutenant in seventeen ninety eight. What was that one? That's a that's a famous ship, the isn't it? Um HMS Barfleur. The Barfleur, yeah. Yeah, so he it was he he distinguished himself with uh Yeah, he looks like he was like chilling in um in in Canada. And being like the Canadian, you know, Coast Guard, basically, and his while he was a midshipman, yeah, it seems like I, he. I think it was while he was with the Barfler, he was in charge. He was a, a prize captain, which is basically either a midshipman or a junior lieutenant gets put in charge of a of a prize ship, some a, a ship that they've taken, and is responsible for getting it to somewhere where they can sell it, uh, and. Well, this was the first he, time he got in trouble for being a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was being, it says, for flippancy. I love how flippancy is like a charge in the Navy. I used to get in trouble for that at school. Is that a thing? Okay, maybe it's just yeah. an English thing then. Well, I, I, I mean, you should read the Uniform Code of Military Justice. It, there's goofy terms in there. Where, what, what is this? Like malingering? What the, what the hell is yeah. that? Malingering. Isn't that like That's being the- a bum? Yeah, that's yeah, like pretending like, uh, to be sick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't do my duty because I've got a sore toe or whatever. Yeah, so pretty much everyone in the Navy today should be separated, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> the medical officer the medical officer would write you up for malingering. Right, right. Yeah, we but got a, yeah. we got a bunch of Navy guys in the Telegram group. I'm I've I've gleaned. Have we? Yeah. All right. So maybe they'll appreciate this episode extra. Yeah, maybe. So, um, yeah. So, so uh, he, he distinguished himself uh, getting, but this was this was in the Mediterranean. He was 
getting a prize to mm. Gibraltar or somewhere. And there was a big fucking storm and he managed to save the, you know, he it, it, it wasn't ever expected to arrive with it and he did. And so that was when he got promoted to lieutenant. Uh, and eventually he got put in command of the Speedy. That was his first ship, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. the first one that he had command of. Yeah. The sloop, yeah. HMS so Speedy. The, yeah, so the cruise of the Speedy. Which is a piece of shit. By the way, a sloop <laughs> is like a single layer, is like a single deck boat, um, yeah. and it's usually only got two um, masts. Yeah. Um, and I only know this from the our research on Blackbeard, actually, because that's what they used to oh. float around in. Um, and they're like little ass boats, and uh, they've only got how many boats did this have? How many guns did this have? But it's weird. I think only these... twenty eight guns on it. Is it I... Yeah. No, it only had it seven. It had fourteen. It had seven aside. Oh, that's right. Okay. And they were they were little four pounder pop guns, uh, and uh, yeah. so he was none too pleased yeah, with it. Fourteen but gun, fourteen gun speedy class uh, brig. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand the the naval, and I don't think any of us do here. But the fact that in in yachting, a sloop has one mast, but these uh, square rig sloops. This have is two. a big sloop, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's really what it is called. Oh no, sorry, brig sloop. A brig sloop, yeah. A brig sloop. Uh-huh. So yeah, that they um, he he does a cruise of the Mediterranean in the Speedy, and is becomes the absolute fucking terror of the Spanish and the French yeah. because he's just going through them like a dose of salts, um, and craftily evading capture here and. Um, beating the shit out of much bigger, better armed vessels there, taking taking multiple prizes at a time, fighting fighting off multiple frigates, which is a superior ship, and and disabling them and taking them. Uh, so he quickly distinguished himself as yeah, he had in like his a first command. He, he had was, like he, a um, a fateful meeting in 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 the first year of him being a. Uh a captain of a ship or a commander of a ship uh, with Lord Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Lord Keith gave him, uh, gave him fateful advice, uh, which was um, fuck all of like, you know, tactics, <laughs> just go at him. The maneuvers. Oh, yeah. that, that was Nelson that told oh, him. Oh, it was that. Lord Nelson. Sorry. Yeah, yes, he, met yes. ne- he met Nelson. Best at, known at- by me for being a bottom shelf uh, bottle of rum. Lord right. Nelson, <laughs> or Admiral Nelson, yeah. Yeah, Lord Nelson's pro. Yeah, Lord Admiral Nelson, or no, Admiral Lord Nelson. Yeah, I believe they call him. But he—he's the most famous military character in Britain. I would say is Nelson. Uh, uh, certainly the most distinguished. Yeah, it's like meeting. Um, it's like meeting uh, Robert E. Lee. Yeah, he won the Battle of Trafalgar, which we should. Yeah, yeah, we'll touch on which we'll probably do an episode on that, but it's uh, yeah, um, he met Nelson at Sardinia, and uh, that's what Nelson said to him. He says, Yeah, he asked him, he asked Nelson, uh, what your, what's your advice to a young captain? And he says, Yeah, don't, he said, uh, forget maneuvers, always go at them. And yep. he took that to heart. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, he had uh, 
the cruise of the Speedy was extremely successful, uh, uh, which he served on. He served on there for thirteen months, and the Speedy is a a very interesting ship because I believe every captain, which I think was seven, every captain who ever served on the Speedy, because I believe she she was a captured prize herself. She'd been commissioned into the navy yeah. from uh, some foreign service or. Maybe she was a privateer or something that they'd taken. Uh, and every captain, uh, Mario uh, Cochrane was the first captain no, of her. Built at Dover, Kent. Was she <laughs> right? There you go. Well, every, everybody who was the everybody who captained her went on to be an admiral. Wow. Yeah. Although. Okay, Cochrane, I see. I see where you got confused because France had it for a while. Great right, Britain they, they took they it recaptured back. Recaptured it. Yeah. Right. Okay. There uh, you go. Okay. So she was a lucky ship, I guess. And uh, like how did the so the 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 Speedy? I believe she was it. The Speedy that was ultimately captured under his command, or wrecked, or something. Oh, it was wrecked. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, trying to think against whom, he, <laughs> but yeah, um, it was. Here, here. Too disabled to continue. Yeah, he he was in. The, he basically got in so in so. Yeah, he much got taken in by uh, Charles Alexandre. That's Leon right. He got Durand taken. Yeah, he got taken prisoner, didn't he? Yeah, and then they traded him for another um, friend, for another frog frog uh, captain. Is what they did. They used to be very civilized between the English and the French. I'm sorry. But, so, I just saw poop cabin. <laughs> and I can't help but just laugh. <laughs> a lot of goofy navy terms. Well, the poop Did cabin, folksal. The, the poop cabin in the uh, courtroom at Malta comes up later in the story. Yeah, the real poop cabin. But yeah, so um, he got taken prisoner by the French, and in those days, well, we're, we're skipping a bunch of awesome shit. Yeah, it was like it was fucking. First of all, we're talking about the time well, he used to do. I think this is the coin of the, this is where around the time the term false flag was coined. Yes, right? of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he fucking would trick. He would go up where, with a fake with a flag for another nation yeah. and trick it, the people he was it, going after. Denmark was neutral. He had a Danish quartermaster in his crew. Yeah. So he would he would run up a day he would fly Danish colours pretend to be a Danish merchantman, and uh, he would then if the well specifically a, to, a gigantic Spanish warship um, yeah. almost captured them but uh, he did what you said he put up the ran up the Danish flag and had uh, the Danish quartermaster uh, yell over to the Spaniards that uh, the ship was plague ridden. <laughs> we all have COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> about the equivalent, yeah. Which is what English school children have been doing with their home test yeah. kits. It's not just them. Yeah. <laughs> like it's probably <laughs> everywhere. Um, but uh what's it called? Yeah. They did that and then another time um he uh put a uh lantern on a barrel to get he was being pursued by a bigger ship. Uh, this Which is the is, thing. When you have a little ass boat like the Speedy, it's like you're. There are times you can't just fight, yeah. so you yeah. got to do sh fucking crafty shit like this. But this uh, motherfucker really wanted to fight. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, this guy. There was a, a another 
ship who's I've, there's so many that I, I can't remember the names of them but there, there, there was a, a, another time where he actually engaged the Elgamo this is a great yeah, story yeah the Elgamo yeah. the Elgamo so, so the, at the time the Spanish were allied with Napoleon um, yeah. and uh, and of course he was you know representing the British in the uh, Mediterranean and where was this exactly does not say um, doesn't matter um, and uh, he flew an American flag, false yeah. flag, fucking gay ops, um, <laughs> and went so close to uh, the the El Gamo, which is a much bigger boat. It has 32 guns compared to his 14. And there were th- uh, 319 men. And I believe there were only like 30 or 40 guys on Cochrane's boat. Yeah, um, yeah it's just. And ridiculous odds so he went up so close and because of the height differential the um the elgamo would just shoot over the fucking deck of the uh, of the speedy yeah. so the elgamo yeah, like fu- maybe damaged some sails but that was it yeah, yeah it fucked up the rigging but that that he was able to pour fire in pour fire into the hull of the elgamo uh, and uh and eventually I mean, well, he would do this. Thing. He did this cat, pounders, this so. kind of rope a dope thing, where he would yeah. go up close, hit him with the fucking the shitty little cannons, damage the hull, and then is then you know because there were more guys on that boat, it stands to reason that the Spanish would be like, okay, we can just take the boat. Let's just send yeah. enough guys over there, more than forty three instead of for the forty <laughs> that are on yeah. their boat, and so they would all scuttle and jump into uh, life rafts, and at that point, uh, Cochran said, okay. All right, boys, tally ho, back up, you know, a, a few hundred yards or so, yeah. and then we'll engage from afar. And then at that point, the Spanish is like, fuck! And, <laughs> and then they all just, you know, dragged in the fucking rowboats and shit and then went back to their gun positions, at which point Cochran told the He's dudes to right go back. Yeah, right yeah. So they're missing again. And this cat and mouse game went on for a while until the point where the Speedy's rigging had been so fucked up they weren't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but Cochran was like, all right, this is a fucking Hail Mary. Here we go. And just tried to, against all odds, boarded the fucking Spanish yeah. ship. And he, he, t- he told the crew, we either take the ship or they're going to take us. <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, he did some fucking head games where he had them take as a priority, take down the, the Spanish flag off the ship. Because yes. that that's like a fucking, yeah, that's a pretty standard you know uh psychological warfare kind of you know thing to do it it, 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 well, it, it yeah, certainly it, can create confusion to the people on the ship to be like oh did we loot all right fine fuck it yeah, well, they, yeah my gun down. the officers gave up the ship yeah, yeah. i believe they, they'd driven a load of the, the last holdouts were were a, a bunch of marines and sailors who they'd driven up into the forecastle and the the english struck the spanish flag and so the the guys on the forecastle who were holding out just thought, oh, some people never eat over. a skunk, and uh, then they're always forecastle. It's Cletus yeah. the slack jawed yokel. It's pronounced. It's written forecastle. Yeah, it's, but it's there's always stupid shit like that yeah. that passed down from the British Navy. I mean, I remember learning about that in boot camp. I'm like, okay, forecastle. No, it's forecastle. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. We, we, you What's guys going different... on on this side? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have different names for bits of rigging and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah we also yeah. call it lieutenant too, but I just ignore it every time yeah. I hear your fucking 
your fucking bad tooth language coming in my ears. <laughs> lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> the French lieutenant's woman. Um, woman. But yeah, so that was fucking based. Uh, what else did he do? Yeah, you mentioned something about Malta, which I don't know if you wanted to get into. This is during the when he was the, still the Speedy. When he was still in charge of the Speedy is when that Malta uh, yeah, I mean, fancy the, dress I, ball, which... I mean, they make jokes about the Navy being gay, but fancy dress ball yeah. dispels all fucking asper- uh, aspersions as to not being gay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there, there's some French royalist officers were throwing a fancy dress ball at Malta. You think they had better shit, more important shit to do? Well, it was still a gentleman's game in those days. Yeah. Well, no, this is but, re- French Revolution type sh- times. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. F- French. French French and British officers taken prisoner would just be bailed by each other. They say, oh, well, you're an officer, you're an honorable man. You may just, uh, you know, consult, take a room at an inn and just don't leave town. And that was what being a prisoner was for an officer and, until things got, I think at a certain point, things got a bit dirty. And the, and the, the, well, I was going to say, this that. this period is that period. I mean, we talk about all yeah. the time where that fucking second guy who was in charge of communist China was like, where, they, where someone asked him what the consequences of the French Revolution were, and he was like, I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that was the fucking powder keg yeah. that started everything. Like, that started hell hath no fear you know hell the hell the hell world that we find ourselves in today it sort of all got fucking gas it's sparked by the fucking french revolution at least the french are trying to they're making a a token effort to rescue us from it right now yeah they just riot over anything let's we already know how this story ends hey they're dumping manure i'm happy for them yeah (laughs) no that was their lunch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I forgot to turn on a light. Yeah. It's all good. Um, what's it called? So I can see. Uh so t- anyway, so the, the he got into like a big fight, I guess. I don't know. What was the story? I kind of glazed over this to be honest. So what it was, it, there was a fancy dress ball and uh he was I heard just Royalist arrived. and Fancy Dress and checked yeah. right out. <laughs> he he He'd just arrived and he got in Malta, uh, fresh from uh, taking prizes, kicking ass, uh, fresh from kicking ass and taking names. And he got um, he got invited to this ball, and the only costume he could lay his hands on was that of an ordinary British sailor who was. I mean, this is such a typical Cochrane oh quarrel to get into. I'm a fucking idiot. He- I forgot fancy dress is English code for a costume party. Yeah. I completely fucking, that laughs my mind completely. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So uh, he he adopted the he adopted the costume of the common Jack Tar British seaman. And, uh, Something you're the, very familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the French, uh, a French officer, he was denied admission to the ball because his, his dress was an insult to the hoity-toity French royalists who were there. And, of course, Co- this is basically the story of Cochrane's life. He, he, his angle, and it was, look here, old chap. The British seaman is as fine, a, is as fine a upstanding a man as you could wish to meet. And if, 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 uh, if I'm not fit 
to be admitted to your um, ball in this dress. Your gay then, French party. Then you're gay, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, he, he insisted that uh, upon his admittance, and it was a great insult to the crown that he wasn't going to be allowed in because, it, you know, basically it was, if you're talking shit about my crew, you're talking shit about me, cunt, was his angle on it. And, uh, and so a French officer outraged at this, uh, Coch- basically, I think the French officer was outraged that Cochrane had basically says an English seaman is is every bit as good as any of you cunts. Was was that was the insult? And uh, I challenge you so, to a duel. I challenge you to a duel. A, how you say a duel? You have armed the honor of a French gentleman. And uh, but I am retired. So. Yeah, as as with all these larger than life historical figures, of course the guy who's your tiger judging... accosting you, Andrea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you cool. Can... She's uh, cute. The guy who challenged, who, who started it and challenged him to a duel, missed, <laughs> and Cochrane did oh, not miss. I love Greys, by the way. This is much more interesting to me. Any of this gay fucking navy bullshit. This cat, <laughs> yeah. so cute. You're so good. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's a disaster, but my cat is a real little bastard. It would not let you do that. Mine will. So yeah, that that was it. He, he much like Aaron Burr, he had a duel. He had one duel and he fucking won it. He didn't kill the guy though. He just it was just a flesh wound. <laughs> His arms off. Yeah. So. Um, yes. It's so yeah, that's the end of that story. It went oh, on. Okay. Yes. You know, I think he got into the party in the end. I'm not sure. I believe he I'm did. Not, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Um, it's okay. So, so we got the Elgamo, and then so he was at, like you mentioned before, 13 months. He was a a a wash, a, you know, a sea, a float, a float. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I was looking for that word. Gosh, um, <laughs> it sounds terrible. Uh, Fifty-three ships. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty-three <laughs> fucking ships. He captured, burned, or drove ashore. That's fucking incredible, yeah. isn't it? It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you consider now, like most most naval ships ne- will probably never engage another ship yeah. in their entire service. Yeah, all they do is brinksmanship exactly. now. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, so- they generate headlines for the fucking Jewish media to, <laughs> to, to, to show how how close to war with China that we're never going to have uh, we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, why is it with the Royal the Royal Navy seems to be super cooked at the moment to the Empire in that it's just trying to provoke everybody. It was trying to provoke just Russia yesterday. two weeks ago. Just yesterday, yesterday too. Yesterday it's yeah. trying to provoke China. China, yeah. It's like is it is it our turn to be the fucking dickhead at the moment? Or <laughs> that be it'd be nice for once that it isn't us. Yeah. <laughs> is I, well, yeah, it's not like the U.S. Navy has any sort of war fighting capability. Where it's all about diversity training and yeah, so, yeah, two moms. We don't know how to kill people anymore. Exactly. Yeah, we don't know how to kill people anymore. It's pathetic. Yeah, you can change your nappy with one hand and. Uh... Conduct a drone I saw. I know this is the the army or something, but I saw like a smuggled out of out of um, training 
phone photo of us, uh, like one of those um, uh, Microsoft, uh, what's the thing with the slideshow? Uh, PowerPoint. PowerPoint things. And it said, like, how to recognize extremist content. And it had a picture of Pepe. And it had, like, <laughs> had an okay oh, sign and shit like that. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's absolutely. Not that the stupid. American, no offense, uh, no offense, Andrea, but the American military are kind of faggots. They always jump oh, into yeah. the fight yeah. when they're, when we're already, when, when <laughs> to basically mop up the fucking beaten down um, remnants of the things that the, the English usually end up eating most of. Uh, and then, or, or they go in and then do a bunch of stupid shit uh, for war profiteering uh, and yep. then leave uh, in disgrace. Uh, sometimes only 10 years later, sometimes in this case, 21 years later. <laughs> well, that, that's like all, all I hear in the Navy is one team, one fight. And it's like, uh, I have a question. Uh, I think I can identify the team thing. We have these cool uniforms. Uh, the fight thing. When's the last time we won one of those? Like, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. seem to get into a lot of them. I don't know about that whole W thing. Yeah, uh, the name. I, mean, I would say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little they, bit. I'm gonna give your organization a little bit more credit. The Navy don't. is responsible for some of the only successful operations that have happened under the banner of the American military in some time. Oh, Let's. True. They were the Zero yeah. Dark Thirty guys. Um, exactly. Even though that clearly yeah. was not Osama bin Laden, he'd clearly been dead since 1999. Let's face it, mm. or uh, Tora Bora. Maybe I'm open to that conversation, uh, but he was definitely there was definitely some other Al Qaeda guy they caught in that uh, raid. But um, sorry, tinfoil uh, backslash tinfoil. Um, but also, uh, they were the ones who rescued the I'm the captain now boat. Um, yep. they did a couple other cool shit like that. It's always re rescue type or like, you know, get it's in there well, and assassination. And that's the other thing is it's always SEAL Team 6, so it's like 0.01% of the Navy. Somebody's got to <laughs> get them there. Well, I, 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 yeah. I've read a lot about my sort of model, mod, modern naval understanding. I, I've read just about everything there is to read about the Falklands conflict. And what's really interesting about that was that it was pretty much 100% Royal Navy. Uh, up until the the landing, obviously, but and then it, a lot of it was Marines, which is Navy, right? Uh, right. And they uh, that whole the so a flotilla of ships took on what was thought to be an impossible mission, and they they carried it through. And I think that here's the thing about the about navies generally is that with proper naval operations like that. The admiral is in the same fucking boat as the men. Yeah, yeah. If uh, so, it's still it's a boat a that's on the water. Yeah, but it, it, it the so the 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 brass to at least some extent are on the front lines, which doesn't happen with. Uh, although they did used to um, the the other ships used to call. Uh, Admiral Sandy Woodward, who was in charge of the uh, Falklands Task Force, uh, was on board HMS Invincible, which is an aircraft carrier. That was his flagship. Uh, and uh, the the rest of the fleet used to refer to it as the South African Air Force because it was stationed so far away. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. 
I one thing I wanted. This is total sort of veer off here, but I I did notice that a lot of the British Navy ships in 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 my research for this have like foreign names. Yes. That just what did they? What what was the basis that they named shit after? Was it? I don't know. Because like I saw Imperius, Genelu. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them that was it just didn't make sense to me. You think are Palos isn't that Greek? Uh, he that yeah, was the well, next well, ship. Greek that... makes sense because they they all these guys were classicists. Fair enough. Okay, well you're answering my question then. Yeah, uh, but I'm not sure about why there's so much French. I mean, why was the admiral called Gambier? Well, isn't that just his but, last I mean, name? The, the... Wasn't he just like a French English guy? Yeah, well, I my real last name is French. Yeah, but, but there's a lot of there's a lot of Frenchness in England. Yeah, we stink. That's true. We stink. We have bad teeth. We like getting drunk and smoking. Well, I mean, Richard Lionheart <laughs> never spoke, learned to speak English. No, he was basically uh, a Frenchman through and through. Yeah, and and um, yeah, I mean, it's close by. Aren't the current royals Germans, it. pretty much? Yes, I believe so. But the the we were invaded by French, basically French Vikings, which is what the Normans were. Back by back by Jewish bankers must be said. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan Dawson. In, in ten sixty six, uh, so that's where that's where it's believed my family comes from. It's from the Norman Conquest. Wow. So uh, yeah, but I mean, so I, I think there's just a lot of well, it's because the British aristocracy and the French aristocracy were buddy buddy, pretty much. Do you know what I mean? the, the the British were trying to restore the the yeah. reason France was at war with well yeah it was, was uh, Napoleon I was against if, all monarchies wasn't um, Napoleon um, he was exiled under the care of the English Navy yeah I think yeah to Saint Helena yeah which is a rock in the godforsaken rock in the Atlantic and they still have they still have a I'm not sure, it was in the news recently I'm not sure if it's and just they poisoned died. them too yeah I, I think it might have just recently died. Or who? something, or something. But there's a tortoise that oh, was oh. that was already like uh, eighty years old or something when it was Napoleon's pet when he was exiled on <laughs> on uh, on that rock, and uh, it's either still alive or has just died recently. Oh wow! Yeah, can you imagine Based that in tortoise Napoleon... build? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon's just like any other fucking high school nerd. Like, can you look after my turtle? Like, yeah. Can you feed it over the weekend? Likes lettuce. <laughs> it's a terrapin. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they probably just gave it to Napoleon to, to look after on the weekends. That's right. Yeah. yeah. The, the rest of the time, he had to sit on a really small chair. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so after the Napoleonic Wars, uh, after the Peace of Amiens, yeah. Um, which was actually which lasted a year. Yes, but it was also <laughs> it was only between the English and French because, as we know, the fucking French were wiling still, and Napoleon yeah. specifically was wiling after that with many other conflicts. He fell for the Hitler meme. Yeah, he tried the Hitler route and failed just like Hitler did. Um, but that's another story. I um, mean, the French military was magnificent, but they didn't have the navy and like the Cochrane. Uh, really deserves some credit here for he did develop naval tactics that because Britain had this huge navy and it could blockade 
play, but it just used to content itself with blockading like people and, t- and taking shit. Yeah, but uh, Cochrane had no time for this bullshit, and he he uh, this was I think when he first got the Imperials, he was cruising in the Med, wasn't he? Was, was that where he just started going ashore and terrorizing the terrorizing the French uh, ashore, uh, demolishing that he'd go in and demolish their um, semaphore stations. Because the the French had a telegraph system back in like the 1820s, which they could send a, a message by telegraph from fucking Paris to uh, wow. Spain, because they had these semaphore stations and code books, and uh, he 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 Cochrane's way of warfare that he developed was to harass the enemy on shore, so he would destroy their fortifications uh he would t- he would capture their fortifications and blow them up he, he would take his men ashore uh, and capture these um telegraph uh posts and on on at one time he actually took one that had code books in it he, he copied them oh, all yeah. out so wow. he, he he damaged it, copied out all the code books, and then left them there. So the French didn't know he had them. I also and believe the he Navy liked, were able to read the French. He was codes. able to pass through some areas uh, using the codes too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So he, he the guy was a, a innovator of total war. In fact, I would say you could you could say he invented that, something called the stink vessel too. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, they that, never did that got, though. No, well, this this comes much later in the story, really. Although he did, I think he did invent it around, he now, invented it yes. pretty early in his career. Yeah, they just never so, did it. But if you um, if you read his autobiography in volume two, he talks about this, but he doesn't say it was it was a secret, right? So he he invented uh, this idea. I mean, we're coming to the. The main story of his life really was uh, the pivotal battle of his life was the Battle of A Roads, AIX. But it's widely known as reported as the Battle of uh, Basque Roads, uh, which is what everybody else calls it. But he calls it the Battle of A Roads, so I call it the Battle of A Roads. Uh, I mean, the area was called the Basque Roads. Yeah. So, right. In fact, to get to the stink ships, we have to we have to hit the main feature here, which is the which is the Battle of A Roads where Cochrane was a member of parliament and he he'd pissed off so many people in the navy by not giving a fuck about the rank and and all that sort of thing all he wanted to do was fuck up the enemy and uh, they didn't like him he made them look bad and he made them feel silly because he didn't bow down to them enough so he was overlooked for promotion he he was a he was a captain but he was never going to get any further in it and uh, he basically ended up so just following his parliamentary career, and uh, he was having lunch one day uh, in a restaurant in London. And um, I don't think it was Keith, was it? Whoever was the first Sea Lord, uh, which is the head of the Navy, saw him there and said, "Look, we've got this. We've got this problem. We've got the whole French fleet is in the mouth of the River Charente at, uh, at the." A roads, uh, and we've got this huge fleet there that's blockading them with Admiral Gambier, and he's just not doing anything. What would you do if you were in charge of it? And he says, "Oh well, I'd I'd go in with 
uh, fire ships augmented with uh, bomb ships, which had never been used before. So this was the start of his sort of innovation. And he, he pitched this, he, he said that's what he'd do. And so the, the first, so the Admiralty then called him in and says, like, hey, guess what, you're doing it. And he said uh, he did not want to do it because he was a, only a, like a, a junior captain. He'd only had one or two commands. I don't think he'd had, th yeah, he was a junior captain anyway. Uh, and so many senior captains and admirals and whatnot who were all milling around a Rhodes were, and who were all pissed off with uh, Admiral Gambier, by the way. They were all, this is why the sea law. First, Admiral Gambier sucked. Yeah. He, he was, was like too faggot. busy trying to be like, oh, read my fucking reason. Read my fucking evangelical tra treaties on why the Jews exactly. should be in Israel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really is an asshole for that. Like, it's one thing to proselytize, but that's yeah. just ridiculous. So all 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 Gambia's officers who were out there on, on this station with him were fucking pissed off with him and complaining to the Admiralty. And that's then the Admiralty solution was, well, we'll send um we'll send Cochrane out to sort it out. He's got this great idea and he's the man to pull it through. He tried. He, and also, I mean, like, it really did seem like Gambier was like, oh, what do I do? Uh, yeah. Oh, I have I, head completely firmly up his ass. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, uh, not a suitable man. And this, this was, he was there through the system of patronage, basically. He was not a distinguished naval warrior. He was just, you know, uh, from the right family and had been in the Navy long enough. And, oh, you're an admiral. Yeah. You're an admiral now, you faggot. So, uh, of course, the one thing that could piss off all the other officers who were there, because they wanted to do it, was to have Cochrane show up with orders for him to do it, because they were all senior to him. He was the most junior captain on the station, and he had command of this fucking mission direct from the Admiralty, and, and Gambia didn't like that, because that was against his authority, and all the other captains and officers there didn't like it either because they thought it should have been their job and uh, so he was extremely exceedingly unpopular and when he when he first got there with his he basically went out there with a flotilla of fire ships and I think four bomb ships was it which were basically yes. ships that were just that below decks was just packed with uh, gunpowder hand grenades in, which i didn't realize hand. were a thing yet no uh, and and the idea of those was to uh you know to basically terrorize the they were going to send the bomb ships in first they had a 15 minute fuse on it and they would yeah. you know open the set have a, a skeleton crew and they would aim yeah. it at the a blockade and then just sort of push the boats there and then it would uh, they would try to time it where it would in uh where it, where it would have impact with the uh, blockade of ships with the time that the uh, fuse would explode yeah pretty elementary sort of proto kamikaze tactic yeah so it's a total war tactic and yeah. and like um or oh, a proto total war tactic. Anyway. I would say Napoleon was the beginning of total war. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean he's Cochrane's at least like at least the infancy the of it, if you will. 
He's looking at war not as a gentleman's game, but as something that you're supposed to try and win. Yeah. And yeah. that, like, I think that was really part of why the why his career didn't go anywhere was because he was a, a comp, he was a, re, a naval reformer for sure in terms of tactics. And uh, you know, it was all very well for the newspapers to write about what a fucking hero he was, but the the rest of the his superiors didn't like it. And uh, but off, off he got this job off the back of his reputation. Didn't want it, showed up, and then he's but he's still under the command of Gambier, and and he's saying right, I'm he Cochrane gets there and goes right, I'm here now. I've got my bombs, I've got my fire ships, all my crews are ready. I've got volunteers ready to ready to get these ships in there and kick ass. Uh, Gambia says, "Oh no, it's not. I, I, I think we should wait a few days." And like again, that infuriates everybody because it's like, okay, so now the French are going to see these ships here that have suspiciously got no rigging on them and shit, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, they're just going to know to prepare. Which they, which the, the French prepared. They had like a that they were anchored close into close into the shore, and the, in in. A, a two-line formation. The French fleet was, and they they had installed a nearly two-mile-long heavy wooden boom. So this is a this is like heavy lumber that's all chained together. That's that's it's buoyant enough to float. It's all wrapped up in chains and held in place with a hundred fucking anchors, right? That to keep the to keep the fire ships and shit like that out, right? But they don't know they've got bomb ships. They just think it's fire ships. So uh, after a delay of a, I think it was only a day or two, but it's already given the French the sort of nod that something's coming because they've seen this massive fleet arrive, and uh, the fo- the four bomb ships going first. One of which, interesting side note here, is as we said, the midshipmen the most capable midshipmen would get given very important jobs. And one of all, everybody who was skippering the bomb ships, what Cochrane skippered one of them himself because he was famously would never ask anybody to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. Uh, and one of the other ones was skipped, was skippered by my favorite author, then midshipman, uh, ultimately captain Frederick Marriott, Royal Navy, uh, so I recommend you read anything by him because a lot of his fiction is based on the exploit, exploits of Cochrane. Uh, so Marriott was on one, uh, and I think it was I think it was Cochrane's one and Marriott's one that actually got on target. They both butted up against the the, the fuses went off quicker than they thought. Anyway, for a start, uh, and but made all the more impressive with uh, yeah what the, Cochrane left on board. Yeah, the the. Those, both those ships got up to the, up to the boom, and exploded while they were against it, completely shattering it and destroying it, and it all sank. You know what was left of it all sank to the bottom under the weight of the chains and whatnot. Well, before that, they they had set the fuse on Cochrane's ship. They're rowing away, and they realized they forgot the dog. It's just like Alien. And like, I just yeah. watched the movie Alien. Jonesy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so they had to go back and get the get the dog, and. uh they still, but that's a fucking that ridiculous thing to do. To... I thought it was a cat. It's uh, a cat in Alien. It was a dog in uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because, like, like he mentioned, you know, Skeleton Crew, which I guess includes a mascot. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that, if that, <laughs> I wonder if, if that whole sequence of the alien movie was based on this story. Because oh, the, the ship's about to explode and, and she's going running around trying to save the cat. Could be, yeah. It could be, it could be directly inspired from this. There you go. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, they, these have some limited success. Uh, but because basically it's a- absolute psychological terrorism for, the, for all the French captains and crews, they're expecting these ships to come drifting in slowly and, and be on fire. And they've got, like, boats ready to tow them out of the way and, and whatnot, before, you know, to intercept them and tow them out of the way. But what they're not expecting is the fucking things to just explode, which they do, causing a fair bit of damage. But also just the the French now think all the other ships that are coming towards them are bomb ships as well. And uh, so they all they they all just cut their anchor cables and ran themselves aground. But I think only two or three French ships remained afloat. All the rest of them ran themselves on shore, at which point Cochrane's like, right, because the technicality of it is that these these froggies have run them they've run themselves onto the mud flats, and so the ships are like canted over to one side. They can't bring the guns to bear at all, yeah, because 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 the decks aren't level. Good point. Uh, uh, and so and they're they're exposing the bottom of the ship. That Cochrane just wants to go right. Let's get in there and blast the fuck out of the bottom of these ships. Because uh, there's, there's only one or two ships in there to oppose us, and as soon as we go in, they're probably going to run themselves ashore anyway. Uh, but Gambia says no, too dangerous. <laughs> so they they left them overnight. By which point, and there's another interesting story where a, a young a youngster, a, a midshipman from the, most of the most of the British fleet was anchored nine miles off with the with the uh, with the admiral. And uh, a, a young midshipman reading scripture. Yeah, a, a young midshipman who'd been dispatched to send a message because uh, Cochrane was flying around in the in the Imperieuse, close to the action, and uh, one one of the midshipmen from the um, from one of the ships in the main fleet had a, a crew of men row him to Cochrane to give Cochrane a message because there was a, a big exchange of written messages with the admiral. Cochrane's very reluctant to be called off uh, and trying to interpret his orders as aggressively as he can. Uh, and on his way back during the during the dead of the night, this midshipman asked his asked his crew. He said, uh, "Right, lads, shall we go and have a look at that ship over there? See if anybody's on it." And this was a one. What, this was one of the French line of battleships that was ashore, and they had taken everybody off it, except that I think the one of the petty officers, I don't know if it was a purser or uh, or a bosun or somebody, I don't know, but one of the petty officers had been absolutely disgusted at the idea of abandoning ship, which he'd been ordered to do, and he'd hidden himself from from the rest of his crew and not been taken off, so he could keep an eye on it. And this midshipman and his crew rode up to the, rode to the vessel, and it's all quiet, and they get right up to it, and this petty officer sticks his head over the over the gun and goes, oh, who goes there? Give me. And uh, they just thought, oh, shit, there's people on it. And they, and they fucked off. But if they'd have just 
they could have taken the ship just with the guys on that rowing boat. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea. And, and, so they could have taken it with a rowing boat and Gambia won't send in the fucking fleet. So yeah. uh, that's how fucking pissed off Cochrane is the whole time. He's, he's, he's fucking, it's what we call chewing. Uh, and eventually it was either the next day or the day after Cochrane just went, fuck it. And because like there's still a few of them ashore, but they're floating, they're, they're, they're warping them off, which is basically they row anchors out in, in the little boats and then pull on the ropes to get them off the mudflats. Uh, and um, so he goes, right, I'm going to go and fuck these guys up. And uh, he went in on his own in the Imperials and then signaled for assistance uh, to see to put the admiral in that position. And it, I think he sent he uh, condescended eventually, but. When it was too late, and most of the ships had escaped up the river, uh, he sent two or three frigates in to help. Uh, and I think they, they smashed up three or four. They basically destroyed three or four French ships, and the rest of them got away up the river. And uh, so this is this this comes to the the big crux of. Uh, Cochrane's career, which was the first thing he did was go back to fucking London. <laughs> yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, the the starts Admiralty... talking shit on Gambier. Well, that, that's how it's Wouldn't that's you? how it's summarized. But he didn't really. He he did it in a much more politically cunning way. Uh, a vote of thanks to Admiral Gambier for his. Uh, gallant service was proposed in parliament cochran was a member of parliament and well he tried to talk the admiralty came to or the party ministers whatever came said, look we're going to we're going to propose a, a vote of thanks to you and and admiral gambier for this action in a rose and uh, he said well i'm not going to support that because the the action was not worthy of thanks you're trying to make it look like a success, but we should have completely destroyed the French fleet that day, and we didn't. So it's it's not a success, and it's certainly not worthy of the thanks of Parliament. And I won't vote for it. So that was. It also says here he bought his seat in Parliament. Well, who? Well, he did, when he, the Hunnit, the Hunnington thing. There's a whole there's a whole thing about the that his first he was first elected to as member of Parliament for Hunnington. Uh, and he pointedly, on the first time he ran, he didn't get elected, but he pay, he he paid everybody who who had voted for him ten pounds or something. It was a lot of money. Ten guineas, it says. Ten guineas, yeah. Uh, uh, even though he hadn't won, so every everybody did this practice was that the normal practice was the winning candidate paid all his voters off. Uh, but Cochrane, even though he was a losing candidate, paid all his voters off. And so the the next time the seat came up, he stood for it again. Uh, and he he never promised anybody he was going to pay them. You see, he just paid off when he lost. He paid off all the voters who voted for him. Uh, and uh, so the next time he came, because he was the hot fucking ticket, everybody wanted to vote for him because he pays you off even if you even if he loses. And he won. And he didn't pay him off that time. <laughs> He just threw, but he threw a party for him. Not for nothing, the the Wikipedia page, and again, this could be gold washing, but 
uh, it completely uh, contradicts what you just said to the exact opposite. It says the first yeah. time he offered nothing and did not win, and then the second time he paid them ten guineas and won. Yeah, well, in Hardington, uh, according to Lord Cochrane himself, the first time he he did offer them nothing. That's true, but he he paid out even though he lost. And the second time... It says he revealed in a parliamentary debate 10 years later that he had paid the 10 guineas and per voter and even went so far as to name the guy he dispersed the money through. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he wrote he wrote the whole thing up in his, uh, auto, his autobiography, Volume 1. I thought, oh... I've just setting the record straight yeah. here, man. I don't want to be called yeah. fake news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he did. He made a big deal of the fact that that politics was rotten. Yeah, and he 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 brought it he brought it up. Uh, uh, well, it says here he also. Was, right, like one year later, he ran in Westminster, not in Honiton, uh, yeah. and didn't pay and won. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and but basically, he he got um, he got caught up in the London. Stock exchange fraud scandal of um, 1814, yep. which is a, another absolute calumny on it on his name. Where because he was so unpopular because of this, well, let's do, let's do the Gambia thing first because that came first. So the vote of thanks, he he said, well, I'm not voting for it, and they and they were, I mean, it's like it's such a gay thing that oh, this is all about giving this pompous prick do nothing prick a, a vote of thanks, which he clearly yeah. doesn't deserve. And Cochrane's just being like a Chad and saying, "No, I'm not going to vote." He, he was not a member of a party. He was a he was a reformer. He was a fucking Ron Paul of his day, basically. Is what he turned into. But you got like, obviously wasn't all that anti-war, I guess. But he, he at least wanted war to be about. The, in, later in life, he wanted war just to be about the defense of the realm and fucking. Yeah, he was a little bit. He was getting well toward. He was certainly against the um, sort of. He was against any kind of tyranny. He, he, he was. Yeah, but uh, in doing uh, so, he ended up like fighting foreign wars in order. In, like, yeah, yeah, literally yeah. taking a side in a foreign conflict. The complete opposite of Ron Paul. Well, in many no, ways. It, it, that was his, <laughs> the only way he could pursue his career. Yeah, no, I got gotcha. you because of what happens now. So, basically, they Gambia is so insulted at this not getting a vote of thanks that he insists on being court-martialed for. Um, not cowardice, but um, failure to press home an advantage or something like that. Malingering. Uh, yeah, pretty much malingering. Yeah, and uh, so uh, uh, at the court martial, everybody who's going to everybody's going to who's going to testify. I mean, basically, they kind of made made out that Cochrane was the prosecutor, but he had no desire for there to be a to to be a, a for there to be a court martial. He just wanted to let it lie. And uh, he wasn't allowed to see the charts that the that the defense was based on. It was uh, um it was basically a, a kangaroo court in Gambia's favour. And the effect of it was Gambia got acquitted and Cochrane was disgraced even though he had nothing to do with it. Uh, and he wasn't even allowed. He was running his mouth. Yeah, he was running his mouth. Yeah. Uh, so he then got he then got basically 
offered either shit commands or no commands, and he decided he wasn't going to be he wasn't going to be on active service anymore. And he also was kind of more focused on politics. Yeah, for at sure. this point. And anyway, uh, there was this. Now I'm not sure if this is the same th- same scandal in which the Rothschilds it took is. over the Bank it, of it England. Is. It is. Yes, right. yes, yeah. <laughs> so isn't this just typical? Like, like so the Rothschilds actually did. So this is this where is them the f- basically. This is really yeah. them, and that he was kind of just collateral damage, essentially. Yeah. Um, well, uh, framed up because he's against the the establishment. He was an anti-establishment yeah. guy as much as you could be. And so he's like this maverick national hero guy, and they've got to destroy him because basically they faked Napoleon's death mm-hmm. and this particular government bond went up. and the Which he had a lot of. Yes. And, and the and the Ross. And by the way, he acted only the way that any fucking guy who saw his stock went up, a bond yeah. went up. He sold, he sold at the highest point, which he didn't is what even anybody... know about it. He just had an agent in the stock exchange who did it because he's like, "Fucking hell, I've got to cash out of this for my yeah. client." Um, and it turns out that that was completely fake news, spread specifically yeah. by the um, the Rothschilds. Um, and, and by which they ended up being owed so much money by the Bank of England that they owed that they owned it. Yeah, and that was that. That was, and they still do to this day. Oh, yes. <laughs> Holy shit. But, oh, Cochrane's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the Game Stonks people being the bad guy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so fucking shit. So anyway, he made a killing, and he got a sentence to twelve months in jail. From which the guy fucking escaped, by the way. This yeah. guy was so Just so he chad. could. I mean, I'm sure, by the way, not for nothing. He was a lord. Uh, yeah. He was, you know, a pretty well. He was a war hero the, also. But he wasn't a lord anymore. He got stripped of all his honors. Fair, his, fair. But there's, there's, I have reason to under believe that he did not get the same treatment in, in prison no. as the fucking, pe- as the peasants who got no, spirited pretty- away to the new world where they were yeah. forced into fucking <laughs> slavery, white slavery. <laughs> but he, nevertheless, he did end up on a ship to South America. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> because he, um, he thought, well, Fuck this. He got an offer while he was in Clink to go and be ahead of the Chilean Navy. Uh, and uh, so they were thinking about uh, give, thumbing their noses at the uh, at the, at the, the Spicaroonies. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he went he went off to. Uh, oh, God. What was the name of the leader of Chile? Oh, it was an Irishman, wasn't it? Who? Oh yeah, it's like oh something. Uh, uh, oh Banyan. Really, really. Oh Higgins. <laughs> Bern- Bernardo. Oh, Higgins. This is so funny. Bernardo O'Higgins. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he got command of the ship, the O'Higgins. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Makes awesome. Sense. And uh, uh, yeah, so he went. Make a long story. I didn't really pay too close attention to what the battles were like in this, but he basically just came down and showed them what these were like. Fucking fly by night operation. He basically went up against. He packed up his whole family and moved to South America and stayed there for like twelve years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they were wearing... just outclassed by his fucking naval skill. Yeah, and his yep. his amphibious uh, tactics really were what 
Well, what got literally yeah, one yeah diversions yeah i yeah. forget the name of the city but there's a, a, a city in the south of chile where they had seven it was the most fortified city in 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 south america and he took it with 300 men and three boats yeah. uh, one of which had just been floated off and patched up by valdivia his own... yeah valdivia uh, yeah so he had, I also think it's very funny that the, 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 the name. He'd got all, yeah, he got all his gunpowder wet because he he hit a rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they didn't have uh, enough ammunition for the amphibious assault, but he still had like one one crew. Yeah, like blasting off, creating this diversion while the rest of the men came around and circled and yeah, and they, everybody. They they took all seven forts. The Spanish surrendered at every <laughs> like after the first one. They just the, the Spanish just yeah. They gave the French uh, the run for their money. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. The original cheese eating surrender monkeys. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Spat the, 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 the so the Spaniards they called them El Diablo. Yeah, they took it one port at a time, one fort at a time, and the retreating Spanish from the first fort, as they were being given admittance to the second fort for sanctuary. All Cochrane's men just got in and started fucking terrorizing them in there, which they then went on to the and so this was a chain reaction to all four forts on the uh, on the southern side of the of the river, and that and then they jumped in jumped in the boat and the and the guys in the forts on the northern side just legged it as soon as they saw them coming, and so then the, they sailed it they sailed into the city uh, and sacked it basically and that that was it. Wow. That, yeah. that was the last Spanish foothold in Chile, and then they went up to Lima and did this and did. I was thought it was funny that that mission. in Chile is um is a place called Patagonia, like that's Patagonia, yeah. and then what, it's, what it's I named after the Anorak. <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking, I was thinking, it's funny that it's like this fucking foofy jacket that white women wear, yeah, that is for like cold weather here. Um, yeah, but it's we actually call that an Anorak. Okay, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm sorry. It went over my Well, head. I mean, Patagonia is the name of the company. I mean, I personally, white woman, go with Obermeyer because I'm all about those Germans. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, German engineering. Yeah. <laughs> German engineering for your tits. Absolutely. It's tit importance cannot be understated. You don't want them getting cold. No, no. So yeah, never. They kept, your tits were kept warm for five years. Uh oh fuck it, never mind. I was just trying to make a Holocaust joke. It didn't <laughs> Oh, I love Holocaust jokes. Please try again. No, no. I was gonna do something about how they somehow managed to be warmed up six million times despite the fact that it took several hours to warm them much each time over a span of five years. <laughs> Oddly enough, my jacket that I'm speaking of, blue, just like uh, you know. The gas he needed the money. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, straight from that. Oh, the gas stains. It, yeah. Yeah. Look into yeah, that. The everybody. Cyclone. Yeah. Cyclone beans, uh, blue. The, the, and uh, where it is isn't. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly exactly which battle this happened in 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 Chile, or or whether it was. I think it might have been actually the Lima trip. Because obviously, you know, the guy was based over there. He wasn't at sea the whole time. Yeah. And he had his whole family over there. And, and his uh, son, at age his, five, his, stowed his five, away. Yeah. Yeah. His five year old son stowed away. And, uh, Daddy, yeah, that was, Daddy, that was I the, want to go to war. 
Scout a war. And a cannonball whizzed across the deck as he rushed out to join in the action, took off a seaman's head and splattered him with gore. And he goes, it's all right, father. I'm not hurt. I want to fight the jolly Spaniards. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch me. It's like, no, go below decks, you little I mean, shit. The mortification. Mortification oh. mingled with pride, I imagine. Yeah. In the, in, yeah. In the, the little urchin. And, and, and so ultimately that little toddler's son, Cochrane's grandson, uh, was awarded millions of pounds in compensation for defamation of Cochrane. The, all all his wrongs were eventually righted, if not yeah. if not before his death. Well, with, before we get to that, he also in in the same way that he um, helped out the Chileans, uh, he also did the same to the uh, Brazilians um, and the Peruvians and the Peruvians, and also he uh, in all of these instances, it was. By the way, this kind of really smacks to me of the whole Haiti revolution thing. Because at the end of all these conflicts, it just so happens that, uh, you know, restitutions ended up being paid back to the crown um, yeah. by way of paying through international European bankers. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I mean, um, what do they call them? Uh, I think it was the... He ended, didn't end up getting his cut, though, is my point. Yeah, he got, he got, yeah. He got stiffed by the Portuguese, didn't he? And, Big time, uh, By the yeah. Brazilians, yeah. I yeah, think well, like... if I'm from southeastern Massachusetts and you you just should I mean, growing up here, you just know you never trust a poor uh, fucking Brazilian when it comes yeah. to money. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was because they couldn't count. Is that not? No, nope. yeah, they, they, that's true. They basically oh, okay. because the the Brazilians were led true. by a, a Portuguese prince, mm -hmm. the, the son of the his the, name was Gabe Teixeira. Oh, the thing is, all these both the. All three, the Peruvian, the Chilean, and the Brazilian guys were all basically Aaron Burr. This is, you know, we were wondering what would it have turned out like if Aaron Burr had got the uh, had got his little empire, his uh, Mexican yeah. empire. Mm -hmm. It would have been like these fucking shitholes. Yeah. <laughs> because... <laughs> yeah. I also that's something I wanted. I, I'm I'm just like while you've been talking because you've been f talking so much. Um, <laughs> uh, about all this stuff, but I've been sort of like just scrolling through Wikipedia here, and I, I I've always forget there's like this like very storied history of um 1800s wars between different South American states yeah. and shit, like these crazy brutal conflicts that like are just lost to time because who gives a shit? But Chile and Argentina are still at war, yeah, or on the brink of war. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, that stuff I want. I, we should do an episode on some like the Pacific, the war for the war of the Pacific. I'm looking at here, um, all kinds of fucking different shit. Yeah, well, so after after all this South American bullshit, I mean, he he, he says right, I'm fucking through with South America, and he goes and gives a a, a rousing. I, I don't know. Have you got the actual text there of his speech to the to the Chilean people on his departure from South America? I don't have it. I could because find he, it if you he want. Pays, yeah, he he basically. I can paraphrase it. He he basically says, "Look, you know, you all know that you're that because he's to this day a legendary figure in Chile." Yeah, the statues right. of him, the statues of him, and the Chilean Navy comes to his burial place in Westminster Abbey every year uh, wow. on the on the anniversary of something uh, 
I think it's on their Independence Day, and they lay a they lay a folded Chilean flag on his tombstone every year. So it's pretty fucking based. You know, they, yeah. pe- people who were really bothered about winning the war like this guy. And I think, you know, Chile is probably the most based South American country, so it shows. Probably. Uh, th- um, he, he warned them. He, he, I mean, if you're, a, if you're into fucking CIA coups, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sure am. Very yeah. <laughs> Well, then you're going to love what they're doing with the place now in South America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, um, he gave this speech where he says, look, you guys all know that uh, freedom is won at the tip of a bayonet. But you have to be, you have to be aware that unless unless conducted by the by the laws of honor your freedom will just become a, be exchanged for another tyranny and that's basically what happened all over south america yeah and cochrane knew it was going to happen and that's why he left and he went to that other bastion of good governance greece yeah i was going to say <laughs> another bastions of underage sex greece yeah. <laughs> Well, the part that, about that that really blew me away is that he actually asked for money up front, so he finally learned his lesson of I'm not getting paid yeah. by these fuckers. But 30, I realize, you know, inflation, whatever, uh, 37,000 pounds. And I'm trying to think, like, it's what would I do for 30? amount of money in that. In those well, yeah, it was ridiculous then, but, like, in just 37,000 yeah. pounds, what, what would I do for that kind of money? And it's like I wouldn't finish out my current Navy contract for that. Poultry I don't know. I think <laughs> I, that's probably something like ten million dollars now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's something insane. Yeah, but it's a lot of. I mean, like adjustment. I you're talking 1820s, wasn't it? At this this point, or yeah, yeah 1825. 1825. Thirteen thousand seven hundred pounds. I mean, that's like they took a pension. A, a navy pension would be like 50 pounds a year yeah oh it's just so, an insane amount of money there's yeah. a lot of money yeah uh so yeah um Coch- cochran went to be head of the greek navy but he, he wouldn't show up until they paid him and made him some steamships and he didn't do particularly well yeah he and, ended and, up yeah. just basically getting the basically getting the fucking so-called great powers i.e uh great britain france and russia to win to all you know fucking iraq it basically yeah and all jump in and (laughs) sort of help out yeah so greece got its independence for turkey and it's never looked back yeah and they really still don't like those guys those roaches no but i mean there's still they've always had um close ties with russia which dates back then because it was the the Russians and the British who came and bailed them out, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against the countries. Turks because it was basically great game bullshit. They just wanted to fuck over the Ottomans. Yeah, and the, mm-hmm. I think they could see the well, Ottoman the old, Empire was it's the old sick up. man of Europe. Yeah, they saw the yeah, fucking writing yeah. on the wall. Yeah, and then also, by the way, just to that end, also they saw the fucking opportunity for them to divvy up the pieces, and which led, leads us to our current Middle East <laughs> predicament, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So after that, uh, he uh, re- resigned his commission to the Greek Navy and returned to England. Um, and he was restored as the Earl of Dun- 10th Earl of Dundonald, 
Uh, he was restored to the Navy, um, and he was uh, appointed. He was uh, knighted in the Order of the Bath. Yeah. I think he'd already been knighted before. Yeah, but he got st- stripped of it. But he got rid of it. Yeah, he got it restored. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and yeah, so Queen Victoria restored all his honours, except they didn't. They did not restore his colours to Westminster Abbey. Hmm. Uh, that so he w- he was lacking that honour, but he did continue to get promotions. He ended up being a, a, an admiral. Yep. Uh, thus uh, yeah, completing he, the set of former speedy captains. Right before he died, uh, he was appointed to the honorary office of Rear Admiral of the UK, an office that he re- retained until his death. Yeah. And right before and he it, died, he wrote his extremely verbose and self-satisfied autobiography, which I've listened to a good portion. I'm not even close to a tenth of it even, but still I listened to over two and a half hours of it. I've listened wow. to I've listened to all 15 hours of it twice yeah. at least. And the, the tone in which he I writes, he is a big fan of him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Wouldn't rightly you so. Be? I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I'm not currently a big fan of me, so I can't really uh, psychologically wrap my head around it, to be honest. Yeah, but you've you've got to realize how much this guy's been fucking shit on, right? And he's finally... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. He's finally got the evidence. He got the documents. He didn't get the documents until he was in his fucking 80s when the government finally came around to... The government slowly came around to his side uh, and let him see all the paper trail of the fucking corruption of the court-martial against him. Uh, in the meantime, he had this hilarious parliamentary career. So before, before uh, he got restored to part... As soon as he was dismissed from Parliament, by the way, in the because as part of his punishment, when he was locked up, he was dismissed, he was expelled from Parliament, and a by-election for his constituency was held, at which his the electorate re-elected him. So, like, the guy was always popular with extremely popular with sailors and extremely popular with people in general and i think yeah he was there's no doubt that he was a trailblazer of reform and trying to trying to make sure that the british empire was about liberalism you know classical liberalism and not just about patronage and just becoming another fucking sick man you know, uh, funneling the money upwards, bullshit, corrupt Spanish type state. And he didn't, he didn't want that to happen. And he, he, he paid a fucking enormous price for it. He had to go to South shithole, South America, yellow fever ridden swamp dump yeah, it was a for 12 years with his now. whole fucking family. Yeah. And like, so, you know, at the age of 85 on his uh, death door, writing his memoir, he, he got it all written down. And he, he, was, he was promising to write a third volume, but he died. <laughs> what else would he have written about? He kind of got had, the whole thing, didn't he? He was going to... I can't remember. But he, one of the really fun parts of, it, of his memoir is after, after the whole Greek exploit, he doesn't talk about anything to do with South America or Greece in his memoir, by the way. It's only... To, oh, he's okay. only setting... He's, all he's doing is setting his records, the records straight on his dealings with the British establishment. And uh, he he entered into this exploit. He got himself... He, he, during his time fighting the French, he, he bought a French sloop 
and used it as his own yacht. And he, he, he got in his own yacht, sailed it down to Malta, and got himself arrested for um, stealing the table of fees from the Admiralty Court, which he which were by act of parliament was because the, the Admiralty Courts were ripping off the, the, the crews. This was one of his big campaign things, you see. And he, rather than just bitch about it in parliament, he went and did something about it because the, 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 the courts, the Admiralty Courts were what, where the, the crews who had captured foreign ships had to send them to the court to be condemned it was called and then once they're condemned they can be sold and the proceeds go to the crew after the court's fees have been paid but the court's fees through this system of corruption and patronage have become so ridiculously inflated that very often the officers of the ships were put into debt so like the 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 navy was rendered ineffective because the 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 ships wouldn't they would just allow the French coasting trade to continue un, unmolested because if they took the sh if they took these prizes, it would end up costing the crews money because the courts would 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 charge them more than they were worth for just rubber stamping the application. So part of the legislation was that the table of fees was supposed. I mean, he unrolled, uh, he, he pasted one of his one of his ships. One of these court bills for condemning a for condemning one of his cat prizes that he'd had, he taped all the pages of the bill together and unrolled it on the un, uh, rolled it all up, then unrolled it on the floor of the House of Commons. It was sixty five feet long. <sighs> it's like a goddamn CBS receipt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he he, uh, he 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 went to Malta and uh, said, "I've come to look at the." table of charges that's on the that's supposed to be by act of parliament displayed on the wall in the court and the clerk of the court the judge was out and the clerk of the court was, oh yes it's in the it's in the registrar's room there and he went in there and he came out and said no it's not in there either and he eventually got it out of him it was in the toilet in the judge in the judge's private chamber so he went in there folded it up and put it in his pocket and <clears throat> but nobody actually saw him take it anyway he was accused of stealing it but by he had immediately said because all the other officers in in the whole of Malta were on his side, and it was a bit of a, yeah, you know, it was a bit of a stunt. So he got he got the um, he, he got it sent to Sicily immediately. Oh. Uh, so he so he couldn't give it back, and uh, the, he got poor before the court in order to give it back. And he says, "Oh, I haven't got it." And uh, eventually they arrested him on on some trumped up charge of stealing it which he had done but he said i can't have stolen it because it was it, it i can't have stolen it from where it should have been because you're saying i stole it from inside this toilet and it can't have been in there because it would be illegal for it to be in there so uh, he ended up he refused to be bailed and made himself be arrested and spent <laughs> and then escaped from prison again <laughs> like refused to be bundy. bailed but escaped from prison went back to uh, got on the packet going back to england stopped at sicily and gibraltar on the way back got got his piece of paper and went and waved it around in parliament and of course you know that there's the whole fucking passage about that in, in, about that exploit in his uh, autobiography as well but it's just 
his whole point of it was the navy we've got a thousand ships against 200 french ships and we should have destroyed them by now we're not oh, doing absolutely yeah you know the, the reason we're having to fight this peninsula war is because the the french are able to supply them by their shipping not being molested by the thousand strong naval fleet that we've got and the reason they're not getting molested is because the officers are getting ripped off by the courts and of course it just is like nothing ever changes the oh, yeah. the angle he was attacked with was war. oh well, you're so, you're saying changes. yeah you're you're saying that he was accused of impugning the honor of uh, naval officers because because you're implying they're only in it for the money yep. <laughs> i mean yep. it's just that twisting of good intentions into into a, a libel it's just it's just what happens literally all the time to this day isn't it yeah yeah exactly it's fake and gay I yeah agree. i i definitely agreed with a lot of what i uh, had to learn about with uh the Admiral Cochran. You got to um, learn. You didn't have to learn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Have it your way. <laughs> so, what, Andrea, do you, what what current serving officer in what say that well in any military of, of modern times would you say is fit to tie the bootlaces of of, of uh, Lord Cochran? Oh, man, you know, four years ago, I probably would have said Mattis, but right. I wouldn't say that today. Right. Yeah. Um, I it, because you know that's that's the thing is, uh, you know, Cochrane, in order to see the reforms and hey, this is this is not right, uh, with it, whether it was condemning ships yeah. or, or whatever else, or, or just having that killer instinct to go after the French fleet, uh, there's that doesn't exist with the modern day military at all because if it did you ain't getting promoted no matter yeah, yeah. How you gotta light menorahs and talk about how great gay trans children are to get promoted <laughs> now <laughs> well even even mattis fell into that paradigm of well we can't leave afghanistan it's like why not yeah Wait, what are we doing there you know well, uh, regarding like the opium yeah. mattis, <laughs> mattis turned out to be what you would have got if gambia had gone into political activism yeah, yeah. And I mean, he, he certainly had a killer instinct before. I mean, I remember hearing about him when he was a two star where he's talking about it's fun to shoot some people. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's that's great. That is wildly popular with the troops and, and everything else. But in terms of big picture thinking, he fell into the same trappings as everybody else. Mm. And it's a shame. Well, I think it's like, you know. Um, well, when your base, it, when your country's military is basically a private military company for a foreign nation slash global interest, never mind a single nation, uh, you kind of that's what happens. You come, you get craven careerists like these. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's what it is. Well, it's like it, a company. It's a big corporation that serves fucking bankers, basically. Slash, you know, uh, un business interests, uh, business interests, and also unelected, uh, unelected bureaucrats of all stripes. Plus, you've got these vain, great game like uh, nowadays it's neocons, isn't it? They, they are just, I mean, yeah, part of it serving certain interests, but also it's part of their own hubris, glorious kinda, vision. Of, yeah. yeah, 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 hubris is exactly their own hubris of we can fix the world. We've got this. I this marvelous tool let's use it 
Well, and and that was kind of all right. Well, I I want to join to to serve my country. I mean, there's couldn't be a bigger load of shit in the world. It's like, okay, what what have I done that that did anything for anyone close to me, for me, anything like that? It's like, well, all right, well, but you did four years, so you get the GI Bill, which yeah. basically amounts to a voucher to attend a leftist indoctrination camp. So. You don't have to get indoctrinated, though. <laughs> I didn't. I came out of there a complete radical, but not the wing they wanted me. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah it's, you know, uh, it's funny. Really I I had designs to join the Navy for a minute, um, and you know, in some ways, I do think I probably career wise could have benefited from it. Like I could have learned a little, a more like I could have learned um, uh, a trade skill, a more specific trade skill, I guess. Uh, than what I have, but um, yes, but that's that's a rosy picture too. Oh, I'm mm. sure. Yeah, uh, the skills don't translate. I mean, they'll talk about oh well, you know, you get college credits towards this or what? Oh, garbage. I I know guys who were who were nuclear, you know, submariners. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, nu nuclear electronics technicians. Two years of schooling, and they had four credits. Like maybe one engineering class transferred to college, so it's like, well, all right, <laughs> yeah, that is the the granddaddy of all trades, and that's all that that works in the civilian world. I mean, yeah, it's bullshit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, my uh... well, it didn't matter. I married, I met my wife at the time that I was most thinking about it, and uh, not good, and didn't. I'm yeah. happy for you. Yeah, you know, it's not to talk crap about anyone who serves in the mm. navy i mean i do but yeah. uh in terms of of what you think it is going into it is is a completely different view than coming out the other side right on check well, out uh, thank you for your uh, service regardless <laughs> all our all our listeners are scott hall and listeners as well anyway so uh, okay. i think we're singing from the same hymn sheet yeah god um, bless the troops and fuck the fuck the generals yeah Neocons. Yeah, uh, neocons. Yep. For Fuck sure. them. Let's go to war against them. Yeah. I'd sign up. One guy whoa, tried whoa, that. Whoa, in the, whoa. Yeah. One guy tried that in the forties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it worked out too good. Um, I, I mean, that that is one thing I will say. See for Trump. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I wasn't particularly thrilled about, but that he didn't start any new wars in that all these all what a these low bar what a fucking low that's, ass bar the, to mount <laughs> but all of his advisors were agitating for intervention in syria and he shot it Correct. down every time i mean he thank picked God. those advisors yeah yeah no i know it's it, like that's the best that could be said for him and he is the best of the and best fired bannon immediate, almost immediately Basically, yeah. the libtard media got a little bit their panties in a bunch about Bannon, and he was like, "Okay, fine, I'll fire him." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. slappy yeah, I mean, Steve. He had the balls to do the right thing, but had no idea what that right thing might even remotely resemble. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, lost uh, out. It was. Uh, he had the. I've forgotten all the names in it now. The military intelligence guy. Oh, that guy. I mean, that guy's a fucking huckster. The Q guy, yeah. Uh, what's yeah, his the fact name? that he's still with Q. Yeah, that's it, it's clearly just a obvious. Like, oh, I have, I've been outed. I, I obviously can't get another job in the military, so I might as well get some sort of grift going now with these yeah. brainwashed fucking boomers Smart. whose entire <laughs> life hangs on a fucking <laughs> false narrative made up by a fucking CIA. Yeah, fucking made up by the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, well, it is what it is. Anyway, Trust, Andrea. Are they, st- they are still trusting the plan, aren't they? I believe. Yes, they are. Yep, I know, yeah. But even um, Gino isn't, so God knows the hardcore, the ones that are still are. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, Andrea. Although, shout out Float Universe. He's, of he's course, cool. yeah. Shout outs Float Universe. Um, what's it called? Uh, Andrea, what would you like to plug after you plug uh, Eastside Dave show with Roy Harder? <laughs> of course, Eastside Dave show with Roy Harder every Tuesday on Compound Media at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I will be hosting uh, my first comedy show this coming Thursday, 7 p.m. Uh, I follow my Twitter. Uh, that's where I post all my all my plugs. Uh, Andrea from SLC. And where's your, where's your comedy show at? Uh, it's going to be out in Long Island, but there's actually a live stream available. I will tweet that as well and uh, oh, sweet. probably make that my pin tweet so people can follow yeah. it easily and uh, drop 12 bucks and watch me bomb my ass off. Yeah, well, I mean, it takes some balls to, to do stand-up. You know, we all think we're funny. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It uh, it takes some practice, takes some writing, and, uh, you know, it's tough for us perfectionists, but we do it anyway. Yeah, good for you. I think I was, I think I saw you do your first ever attempt at it on the Eastside Dave show. Yes, yes, that's that's how I got started. I never thought about doing it, and they said, "Yeah, write a few Christmas jokes." And I thought, yeah, well, I'm not just going to drop that, a few, yeah. few jokes. I'll try and make it somewhat of a. Well, I'll try and catch your live stream, and uh, yeah. Oh, that'd be I'm awesome! Sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll let you know what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just you just reply no comment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Point taken. Anyway. Um anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh no, I thank you so much for having me Anytime. be the history homos whole for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> history homos. <laughs> and for us, www.historyhomos.com or whenever wherever you find podcasts for the audio version. Uh, you can follow us across social media on Twitter and Instagram at History Homos Pod. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Scott Lizard Abrams. And also, uh, for the video version of the show, you can check the link tree in those bios. Uh, we're on Odyssey and BitChute and Rockfin, which is where you can find our premium content once a week. A premium episode with one of your favorite people or just us sometimes uh at rockfin.com that's r-o-k-f-i-n.com slash history homos and news uh now you don't need an account to watch our free content on there this is is a today development i just before we started the show got an email from the boys over at rockfin and yeah so you can watch any of our free episodes there uh, uh on rockfin and if you would like to see the premium episodes it's a small fee but you get every person every single one of the creators that are on rockfin not just us but let's face it we're the best people on there um and um i'm just kidding there's plenty of good stuff on there i probably shouldn't have included that anyway uh (laughs) but go to the also most importantly go to the telegram group t.me slash history homos is the channel and you get your updates, you get your episodes, and all that hoppy horse shit. And uh, t.me slash history homos chat is the group chat. And um, we'll see how long that still exists based on some recent developments in the Telegram world. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, all that good shit. Uh, die with dignity, everybody. Uh, William, what do you want to say to the peeps? Pull, my lads. Later, homos. Later, homos.